0: Last week, the hearts of hot dog lovers across St. Louis swelled with joy. (laughs) Steve Ewing announced that he would reopen his beloved eatery, Steve's Hot Dogs. Ewing had closed the place one month before, but the community outpouring that followed his closure announcement and the arrival of an angel investor led him to reverse course. And Steve's Hot Dogs isn't the only St. Louis area business to announce its closure, only to find new life thanks to community members. West End Grill and Pub went through a similar arc a bit more than a year ago. And members of a Belleville Fitness Center have saved the place after its corporate owner pulled the plug. So today we're going to talk about all three happy endings. And to do that, we're joined by William Roth. He's the founder and artistic director of the St. Louis Actors Studio and also an owner of the West End Grill and Pub. So William, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And we're joined by Patrick Mathis. He's a local attorney. He recently became chairman of the board of the new Belleville Community Health Club. Patrick, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And last but not Least is Steve Ewing, the owner of Steve's Hot Dogs. And Steve, we're so glad you could make it today.
2: Awesome. Thank you.
0: So I want to start with you. This was such a turnaround. When did you realize, you know what, I'm not quite done with Steve's Hot Dogs yet?
2: Probably that last couple of days into closing. We made an announcement that we're closing and that, well, we're going to be open for the next six days. Come out and get some food before we go. The last couple of days, I'm starting to see people just pour out I mean we had lines down the street and I'm starting to see tons of kids and their parents with their kids and stuff and people that I've seen for many many years and so that's that's when I was like it would be really cool if we didn't have to close this thing down or if we could keep it going so that's that's kind of when I was really hoping we'd kind of keep it going.
0: And I understand it was your friend, uh, Danny Eichenhorst, who stepped forward Mm -hmm. to say she could be the investor you needed. Was that at all um, because of these lines around the block that she also saw?
2: They've been behind my business for a very long time, so they ran my crowdfunding campaign to get that shop open and a bunch of other campaigns for me over the years. So Mm -hmm. they've already kind of seen it and they already believed in it, you know, so... When they, when I told them that I was closing, they didn't. They didn't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. They wanted to help out. They wanted to like. How can we help out?
0: So William, I understand you had a pretty similar experience over a year ago, and that's with the West End Grill and Pub. What happened there?
3: Well, same thing over the years. We were open for uh, 13 years. And, and you were a
0: co-owner. Right.
3: Yes. There were four of us originally that started it, um, the theater and the restaurant kind of at the same time and that whole little complex. <clears throat> and um, so there was kind of just a slow burn over time. You know, it was nothing drastic. I mean, uh, it wasn't a, that we changed course or became a different kind of place. It just, we just simply ran out of cash uh, and, and energy maybe a little bit. Um, so New Year's, last New Year's, we kind of, uh, or a year ago New Year's, uh, we called it quits, um, and that led to we were, Neil and I and uh, the other owners were in there every day, kind of winding things down, and people would pop in and go, "This, you know, this can't happen." We're here. But we have a lot of patrons, a lot of neighbors that are there almost every day, mm-hmm. and so those are the ones that came in and were like, "Well, what do we need to do to for you guys to get back open?" And so by April, uh, we had about fifteen people that had uh, that had jumped in and and uh, became uh, neighborhood owners. Um,
0: so you say neighborhood owners. So this wasn't just a GoFundMe. They're actually, they have put money into this restaurant and have taken a, a piece of the ownership?
3: Yeah. they. Uh, I mean, it's hard to just t- take money and not give something in return, a bunch of hamburgers. Um, so... <laughs> They did, yeah. They have a small percentage, but are good about not walking in most of the time and (laughs) acting like they own the place. I mean, they're there to make sure that our wine dinners continue and then they can come in for happy hour or play trivia on Monday and all the other things that kind of happen as a community hub there in Gaslight Square.
0: So this is not like having 15 new bosses. This is like having some partners.
3: Sometimes it's a little both. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> now, Patrick, your situation is, is just a bit different. You were a member of the Belleville Health and Sports Center when you felt the call of duty. What was happening there?
1: Well, it's, the club has been there for maybe 40 years and uh, Memorial Hospital, which is part of the BJC system, announced uh, about the first of November that they were going to close the club at the end of the year. and. Um, My wife goes every morning at 5.30. I don't. And uh, so she was distraught, as were a lot of other members, uh, because it's really been... Most of the members are local to the west end of Belleville. Uh, and frankly, a lot of the members are older. Uh, they have silver sneakers programs for older adults and rehab programs, Rocksteady for Parkinson's uh, patients who are using it for Parkinson treatment. And uh, so there were a lot of people very concerned, very upset about it closing. It's more of a... I would say it's a health club, a social center, community center. It's about physical health and mental health and social health and a lot of things. So uh, my partner, Kevin Richter, and I were sitting around. He he and I are both members. And he said, what do you think we can do? And uh, so we kind of came up with the idea of forming a new not-for-profit. We approached Memorial Hospital and asked them if there were a way that we could – could uh, acquire the property uh, we started talking to them about leasing it for a period to see what we could do to make it work uh, we've solicited some people to join a board of directors one of them with me today bar bar and uh, we began to talk to the members and say we're going to try to keep this alive uh, the hospital has been working with us trying to transition it over uh, we had to come up with a budget because they were losing money every month mm-hmm. and uh, this weekend we rolled out the new dues structure, which we hope will work. Uh, I think it will. And the members have been very excited about keeping the club open. We have had over a thousand people sign up since January 1st. Everyone had to come in and re, uh, re-up.
0: Start from uh, scratch here. Start
1: from scratch. We did a fun, uh, fundraising campaign. We raised over $40,000. Um, we had a Zumba-thon, which I'm not much of a Zumba dancer, but there are others who are, and uh, and raised a couple thousand dollars for that. So there's been a great uh, a great outpouring of support from the members and the community. A lot of members re-upped, and we had new members come in, old members come back. It's really been a gratifying experience. So we still have to go through acquiring the building, but... Uh, we're working but you're on, on
0: your it. way. We're on our way. Well, it feels like the outpouring of the community is one thing all three of these stories have in common. But the other thing is that maybe these businesses weren't making money or weren't making enough for somebody to say it's worth the hassle of keeping them open. I'm wondering how you go about balancing um, the need to make changes without alienating the people who love this place so much and don't want to see it close. Steve, how are you thinking about that as you go into the new iteration of Steve's hot
2: dogs? That's a good question. For, for us, our, our menu had gotten insane. Mm-hmm. So with, with, with growth and growth and growth, you know and and trying to be innovative our menu got crazy so we had it was just too big too big too much inventory and we start really looking at things we weren't really selling a lot of things so that that's the first thing we'll do or we have done is we'll clean up that end Mm -hmm. of it
0: so sort of take a cold practical eye at that menu yes you may have to lose some beloved favorites if they're only one person's beloved favorite exactly yep William, what about you? You've, you've now been in this for more than a year. Right. How did you make the changes you needed to make without upsetting your 15 investors who love this place?
3: Right. Well, they certainly helped uh, to a certain extent. And it wasn't anything about what we were doing that needed drastic changes. Uh, but the same thing, we managed our menu. Uh, we um, got rid of, of uh, various menu items that you know, a handful of people liked but weren't selling. Uh, we changed over our POS. Our biggest problem was that we were so – restaurants, so the day-to-day is so busy uh, that you're running around taking orders in and, and you don't have time to kind of really uh, look at the logistics of things on the financial side. So a new POS and, and –
0: POS, sorry. That's a point-of-sale. A point-of-sale of sale
3: system that actually – and they are so – Keen now. So the one we had was one that was pretty arcane and didn't do a whole lot of, didn't give you a whole lot of information that you didn't have to spend time looking for. Uh, now we have one that just tells us what's going on and can, hammers on you that this bill needs to be paid and you forgot to get this, uh, you know, uh, this menu item's not selling and, you know, you forgot your social media campaign and this person didn't clock. I mean, it just, this sounds like a game
0: changer. Uh,
2: it is. It can be. Huge. And, yeah. and this yeah. is
0: also something you use? Yeah,
2: we, we, we have one that's similar, but you, like he you said, you, you kind of get so uh involved in the day-to-day that you've that you like like let little things in the back end go mm-hmm. and it just starts adding up and you start just wasting money right. and
0: so the system kind of forces you not to do that you don't kick that can down the road because it's, right. it's sort of hollering that's at you. right
2: it does and we have you know and
3: so our neighborhood members some have stepped up to look at those things and help take some things off of our plate so that they do get addressed uh, we also I was underutilizing my theater. I mean, my St. Louis Actors Studio does plays on the weekends, and and does... you're
0: literally right next door for those. Who yeah, you walk been right in the
3: bathrooms, and you'd grab your drinks and walk right into the theater. It's all the same building. Uh, so we started booking blues on Monday. I've been wanting to do music in there forever, but again, it was just another thing on my plate personally. Uh, so a friend of mine that I play hockey with is a, a jazz tr- uh, trombone keyboard player, and so he helped me uh, get started with our jazz series on Tuesdays, which have been great and been going on. Uh for almost six months, eight months now. And so that brings in you as a restaurant, you want to bring in a different crowd. So if you're doing plays, if you're doing Sam Shepard on the weekends and jazz on the two to on Tuesdays and blues on Mondays and comedy on Fridays, you have different crowds that are then getting exposed to the restaurant. Um, like so that's, that's not very huge. smart, yeah. yeah.
0: Pat, how about for you? I know you're still sort of at the beginning of this process, but what kind of changes are you looking at that's gonna help this thing pencil out?
1: Well, uh I mean the The dues change is is an important factor, but we've tried to control that Mm -hmm. so that no one is suffering sticker shock. Uh, And we've been very transparent. We talk to the members. We have open meetings. um, We explain what we're doing, what we're thinking. And and is that
0: something new, to have these open meetings? Yes. Okay. Yes,
1: because previously it was owned by Memorial Hospital and people came and went paid their dues and did the classes did the machines and and left Uh, Now we've had a number of meetings where we invite all of the members to come. We talk to them about what we're doing And uh, and we're very upfront that we need to raise dues We need to cover our operating expenses balance our monthly budget and now we're going to work on acquiring the property and we need to To deal with the hospital on that. So uh, that's been a a major change, but I think people welcome that and we And we always talk about it as our club because it's a not-for-profit and um, we've solicited members' input on what they'd like to see in classes, what they'd like to see in new programs. We've had all kinds of suggestions, everything from dance classes to cooking and nutrition classes and new uh, exercise classes. So it's been a a very open process. And And the more inclusive we are... I think the better it is for us as a group to succeed.
0: This idea of our club, I wonder if that also can translate into the restaurant industry. If if it sounds like the neighborhood feels such a sense of ownership here, and maybe with you having been so close to closure and the neighborhood Mm. feeling like they played a role in bringing it back. Oh, big time. Do you think they're going to have a a sense of, yes, I need to come out to support this, not just because I want a hot dog, but because I want this business here? I
2: I believe that. And uh, our crowdfunding campaign (laughs) to get it open five years ago Uh, we had um, almost 400 donors Hmm. to get the place open. So if you walk in the shop, you'll see there's a big giant poster with all 400 of those names in there. And so when we were getting ready to close... People come in and they let, they point to their name on the sign and whatever. that they they are actually a part of it.
0: Yeah. You just had to remind them so of that. So we had to
2: remind them a little bit.
0: <laughs> so it does seem like in St. Louis we have this terrible habit that whenever we announce a restaurant is closing, everybody is just, you know, sackcloth and ashes it's right. so sad to lose their favorite place, but at the same time they haven't gone there in, in a couple of years. How William do you get people to remember that you're there on a day-to-day basis not just when you're saying, "Yeah, we're going to have to close."
3: Yeah. You figure out – and that is the conversation we had with them. You know, like, why did you close? Well, when was the last time we were here? Yeah. Uh, you just got to figure out a way to communicate it with them every single day to where you're not – they're receptive to the communication. So whether it's uh, it's a wine dinner, you know, that we do family style. And so that's kind of a, a community-based uh, – we have br- uh, this Brews and Books program where uh, publishers bring in books and the and the authors talk about them and we sell wine with them. So we try to engage the community as, as a community – gathering place as opposed to just trying to sell them something. Uh, I think is the majority of the email that you get is trying to sell you something. We're just trying to get them to gather and do, mm-hmm. uh, and there's no cost to it, you know, generally. I mean, they'll buy something to drink if they want, but it's really more about, hey, there's this book out that talks about St. Louis and the neighborhood. Uh, why don't we check that out? Or, hey, there's this play coming up. Or, or um, you know, we have a celebrity bartender and we're doing something for this, uh, this cause or that.
0: Steve Ewing, do you think overall we're just <clears throat> too eager to celebrate the hot new thing? Sometimes we forget about the
2: old favorite. Yeah, there's a lot of noise. There's, um, there's a lot of restaurants in St. Louis, a lot, of, a lot of openings. And the food's all really good. A lot of it's really good. So people have a lot of places to go. And so, like you said, you have to find a way to, like, these are your people. You have to find a way to, like, be interesting to them. Not yeah. just try to just say, hey, I'm here selling food. Like you said, you just have to be a little bit creative. And out of the box, we were extremely like that. And then you just kind of you start to lose a little energy as you as you keep going. It's like, you know, while I'm doing a million things, I don't, I can't be as creative as I used to be or I don't have that energy. So... For, for me, I needed a partnership. I needed a partner. So.
3: I was telling them as we were waiting to come on, they, our neighbors sell, saved us from going out of business but didn't save us from being a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So there's still the, <laughs> the daily yep. cry yep. of keeping a restaurant open and uh, viable.
0: And, and Pat, for you, I mean, you've got the daily grind now of running a health club at the same time that you're also an attorney. You've got a full-time job here. If somebody was hearing about this and thinking, oh, man, there's this thing closing in my neighborhood. I should open and I should turn into a nonprofit in order to save it. Would you say go for it? This has been good. I'm glad I'm doing this. <laughs>
1: Yes, you I would. would. I would. But but I will give credit to a whole lot of people. We you have, can't do it alone. No. The manager at the club stayed with us. All of the staff stayed with us. The instructor stayed with us. We've had lots of volunteers and we have a great seven person board plus another volunteer three of whom are accountant types, so they've worked and worked on the numbers. That's a
0: great thing to have, an accountant Uh, type on your board.
1: So I won't take credit for doing this by myself by any stretch. There are a whole lot of people who've made it happen, and that's, that's been the most satisfying part of it is seeing people
0: work together. Well, Pat Mathis, uh, Chairman of the Board for the Belleville Community Health Club, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And William Roth, owner of the West End Grill and Pub, as well as uh, the community owners, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And Steve Ewing, owner of Steve's Hot Dogs. Uh, Congratulations. I understand you reopen tomorrow? Tomorrow, yep. All right. So anybody who's hearing this now and thinking they need a hot dog, Steve's Hot Dogs, Tower Grove East. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. All right. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWNB.